My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey folks, and uh, welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays. Uh, this is Mike, I'll be your host tonight. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about... Well, first of all, let me lead off by saying that... Uh, in, this is a new year, uh, 2015, and uh, Hasbro is uh, pushing their new line of like Transformers like toys. And, you know, they, 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 they usually have a theme for the year. And uh, this year is going to be Combiners, or Gestalts, or... Fusilateral Quintro Combiners, whatever you like <laughs> to call them. In any case, uh, we we figured to tie into Combiner Wars, as they're calling it, uh, we'd talk about Scramble City, which it was uh, a, a Japanese-only like OVA released uh, in 1986, which uh, pretty much was a pretty much was like Japan's way of uh, pushing like the Combiners and you know the the as the UK people put it, the special teams or whatever. I don't. I don't think like in the US we had a like real like official class name for like those toys. Like they just you know were you know guys basically. Like they were all like defined by their subgroups or whatever. But you know in Japan they were all called like the scramble teams, and then in the UK they were called the special teams. But over here it was just like a bunch of new guys. Like here you go, kids. Like Here's a shotgun, and we're gonna shoot a load of new toys at you. You know, <laughs> whatever. But in whatever case, uh, yeah, I said I'm Mike, and uh, joining me tonight is. Wake up! It's Derek. Yeah, this is Jan. Hey, everybody! This is Tony, and I always go last. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up! Transformers! Wake up! As I said, you know, we will be talking about Scramble City, the. Uh, 20-something minute long OVA that was released in Japan uh, in 1986. Uh, technically, people might not know this because most, or at least U.S. fans might not know this because everyone who has, has seen Scramble City in the U.S. probably saw it like years and years after it originally aired, like made most likely on some kind of bootleg or whatnot. And I'll get into that in a minute, but... Uh, what you might not know is Scramble City like premiered in Japan like before Transformers the movie premiered over here. Yeah. So like Scramble City is technically the very first animated appearance of Ultra Magnus and not to mention like Metroplex and Trypticon and all those guys that show up in season three. Yeah, it's so, kind of like a bridge like to the movie kinda. Yeah. Mm. Is it is it since well the movie wasn't released in Japan like until we like years after we got it so like they Japan had to kind of yeah bridge the material with some kind of uh, you know fiction and Scramble City was pretty much it as I said like you know most of us in the U S or you know in North America I should say 
uh, probably saw like Scramble City like as a like you know fan sub like bootleg at some point. I think I mentioned this when we talked about Master Force a little, but like or Master Force and like Headmasters, but like Scramble City was like another thing that like I read like about on the internet and was like hyped to high hell. Like you know, it's like there's another like Japanese like G1 movie. Like and it was they always used to say movie, not like twenty something yeah. minute toy commercial or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, it's I, like I, and I, it, it totally like it's totally badass. It's like all the combiners like fight and like it's a like total. It bridges the gap between like season two and the movie and it explains everything. And, yeah, that, that's you know, what like, I always remember. Like the internet like sold me a bunch of lies, which you know, <laughs> in, in retrospect, like you know, obviously it seems funny now, but at the time you're like this must be the truth you know because it's in it's in text that i'm reading it on the world wide web or whatever but like i always thought like kind of like what you were saying like i thought oh this is where like superion was and and menasaur was this is where the aerial bots and the stunticons were during transformers the movie but i i guess we'll get into it but when you actually see the piece you're like that's not what this is, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. This is just yeah, like this is this is a Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, let me let me start off by asking you guys: When was like the first time you saw Scramble City? And I'll just say, um, like when I first got like those, like probably in the early two thousands, when I first got like a like bootleg copy of like Headmasters and Master Force and Victory, like they included Scramble City on with it. So like that was pretty much the first thing I watched because it was all, like, in order, and, like, I watched it, and I was like, man, this wasn't, like, like Derek said, like, I was like, this wasn't what, like, the internet, like, sold me at all, like, that was, like, <laughs> pretty cruddy, actually, yeah. Well, but, the, yeah, well, the thing, well, I I don't know if we should spoil it, but, like, the the, the thing that kind of grumped me out was, like, there there was no end, you know, like, it, it, it was, like, to be continued, and it was never fucking continued, yeah, yeah. you know, so... Tony, when was, like, the first time you ever saw Scramble City? Uh, actually, uh, a long time ago, um, I had a friend of mine who was uh, very big into, like, going to cons and stuff back then. And uh, as, as everybody is well aware, there was bootlegs aplenty at cons. And uh, one day he invited me over. Now, this was, like, God, I want to say 93, <laughs> something like that. And um, he had gotten two uh, bootleg tapes at a con. And one of them was the uh, horrible uh, Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. And the uh, other one was Scramble City. And he's like, let's watch this. Um, and this was a straight-up bootleg, so there was no like subtitles, no you know dubbing, no nothing. It was all in Japanese. And we watched it, and like you know, he was hyped for it. He paid like you know twenty bucks for it, and it was. I mean, it is like fifteen minutes, guys. <laughs> and and the only thing he said after that, he, his exact words was, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> uh, Derek, what about you? Probably uh, may, maybe a little after Tony, but I mean, it definitely would have been when I was in high school, like where we were getting like. Because the first thing I probably saw it on was a raw, you know, just like Tony was saying, raw Japanese. Um, there was a, a bootleg dealer who always used to sell VHS copies of Japanese laser discs. 
So, you know, he would buy the Laserdisc that had, you know, whatever series it was, Headmasters or whatever, and then he'd make a dupe of it on a VHS tape, and that's what you'd get. So, you know, this was back when I was buying Headmasters Raw, and probably like yourself, Mike, like, I'm sure Scramble City was either a separate tape or, like, sort of part of that set, and, and of course, being sold on the the awesomeness that was, this is this is how, you know, Trypticon and Metroplex are introduced, and this is what they were doing during the Battle of Autobot City. You know, like, I thought, oh, okay, well, I, I need to watch this. And I guess i got to be honest, like, I don't, I think this is the first time I've seen it subtitled, you know, what you, you had us watch tonight. So, because I, I, I remember seeing it raw. I know on the the 25th anniversary Transformers movie DVD. It's like they've got the picture, but then there's a bunch of fans like doing an audio commentary over that picture. So I know I've seen that as well. And then I was going to ask Jan, because we were talking about it a little bit before the show, but there was a fan dub of this too, right? I may have seen that, but I can't, I can't remember for sure. Like, is that the same... Is, is that the same bunch of guys that did, like, Beast Wars the second and Beast Wars Neo and stuff? It could be from the guys from TFCog.net. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's, so. Um, that's what I was thinking, so. Yeah, because it okay. has a similar voices and sound effects and such. Okay, okay. should be on YouTube. Easy so I've, I've, probably, I've probably seen the TFCog one, if that's what it is, and then, and then, you know, before that, a Raw. But this is the first time I think I've watched it subtitled. Mm-hmm. I think our, our good friend Steeljaw may have contributed to that, or, or at least one of their productions. I know he has. Yeah, he's done that not, in not, Masters. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. He's Chrome Dome. You better stay out of this, Daniel! What about you, Jan? What was your first Yeah, what about you, yeah, Uh I know I heard about it somewhere in the early 2000s, but I probably saw it for the first time uh, sometime after YouTube got big. And oh. I, was, I may have seen the the dub first. I'm not. I can't recall. Uh, we 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 just. I just kind of linked everyone to like the first subtitled version I could find on YouTube. But uh, I, I I the the one like the subs on this version that we that I watched just like for prep for this episode were pretty awful. I think Tony complained about them too. Yeah, there's just. I mean, I guess it's because it's. A, a literal translation, you know, they, you know, made it as close as they could. And so a lot of the syntax and stuff is kind of off. And some of the characters don't really come off like they would like, they, they don't really match their American counterparts very well. Yeah. Well, thankfully it's not a very complex story. So it's like, you don't really need the subs to get what's happening. But, uh, yeah, speaking yeah, so of, this, like, is, like, like, yeah, this is a dark awakening or anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I've seen worse subtitles. I mean, I I see what you guys are saying. It's not it's not the greatest. It's not it's not perfect, you know. But but it could it could be a lot worse. Like yeah. Uh, speaking of the the quote unquote story, um, I I I might as well launch into a little like uh, synopsis of what the episode is actually about and. Let's not kid ourselves, it, it isn't basically an episode. I mean, it's only like 20-something minutes long. And if you cut out the seven minutes of, like, clip show that, like, it leads the, off the, the thing, the, it's only like... What is it, the more than meets the eye cliff notes and then the, yeah, dev- exactly. the devastator cliff notes or whatever? It's it's probably, like, maybe not even 15 minutes long, yeah, once you cut all that out. But yeah, yeah, the episode proper, yeah. 
Yeah, so, like, after the opening credits, like, yeah, there's about seven minutes that leak, like, gives you the basic backstory of Transformers, then it, it goes into, like, the creation of Devastator and, like, uh, how combiner robots are super special and important. Then, the, um, it pretty much opens up with, uh, the Autobots, like, creating what they call Scramble City under, like, it's under this weird, like, big, like, mesa or, like, some kind of weird, like, rock formation, like, in a giant pit or something, and I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's, it's like but, a. Uh, it's like a. It's like the space bridge if it was like made out of rocks. Yeah, it's a. It's a really odd rock formation. But and we're introduced. We're introduced. Yes, because this, like I said, this is the first animated appearance of Ultra Magnus. Uh, he is, you know, given his title of City Commander, and I was about to uh, say you got to give him at least that. At least he is a City Commander in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's directing like construction of like the fortress of, of Scramble City and whatnot, and you see like Grapple driving around, like, and uh, some of the humans like helping out. We see Carly and Chip, like you know, you know, at certain computer stations, and Spike and Sparkplug and Bumblebee all like helping out and stuff. Um, point of trivia: This is actually the only time Chip and Carly have been seen in the same scene together. So. I guess oh. they just kind of avoided each other in the cartoon up until this point. I, I thought you were about to say that this is where Daniel was conceived. I thought that was the bit of trivia. <laughs> it's like, what well, kind of trivia? It's like, it's like Carly and, and Spike got it on while Sparkplug was busy wielding, like, Metroplex circuits together. Hey, there's nothing in this that says that didn't happen. Right, so, right. I mean, so it's entirely yeah, possible. Yeah, they, they don't hang out that much because there's, like, a deleted scene where Carly just walks up to, like, Chip one day, and she's like, I know you can stand, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they didn't get along, because Carly knew Chip's awful secret. She could, she could see through all the hype. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so, like, shit's going down in this, you know, this, this base, and so Megatron uh, gets a bug up his butt, and he's like, what shit is going down in that base? Like, I want to know about it. So he tells Soundwave to eject all his, you know, pets and go check it out. So Soundwave sends Ravage, Ratbat, and Laserbeak to go, like, scope out this, you know, base. And uh, it seems like they make, sort like, the narrative, all through this, like, the Japanese narrator is explaining things. Because obviously, like, this was released so kids would, you know, basically, like, buy the these toy. toys. So it's like, you know, you know Soundwave's cassette like, core, or whatever they call it, like, you know, shows up, and they try to infiltrate the base, and it seems like Blaster is just, like, waiting there, like, he's expecting them to come, and yeah. Blaster comes out and ejects Steeljaw and Ramhorn, which, uh, I think this must be also their first animated appearance if this predates the movie, so, it is, like, they, And Ratbat, yeah. too, then. And Ratbat, as well, yeah, so... Yeah, I, um, I kept thinking that would sort of spoil the uh, surprise if if you... Because I, I, for me, I mean, that was the movie was the first time I saw those characters. So, yeah, yeah. and that is kind of like a yeah, like uh, that scene in the movie where Blaster rejects like all his guys. That is sort of a like, holy crap, Blaster has guys now. Yeah, moment. yeah. So yeah, but um, in whatever case, uh, yeah. So the two cassette like teams kind of get into a fight. But uh, Rat Bat manages to, to sneak by, he gets inside, like, the rock formation, he sees Scramble City, and he kind of, like, laughs, like, he goes, ah, 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 ah,
Recall. He's probably, you know, coming up with plans to make a car wash and lure Spike and Carly into it or something <laughs> at that moment. Anyway, so he transmits that back to Megatron and Soundwave, and they say, oh, shit, like, snap, what are the Autobots doing in there? Like, we gotta, like, you know, we gotta do something about this. So Starscream asks, you know, like, you know, let me get my guys together, and we'll go and take care of this. And Megatron's like, yeah, whatever. So, like, start the Seekers and uh, the Constructicons attack. Optimus Prime leads, like, a team, a small team of Autobots to counter that. Um, the Constructicons form Devastator. Devastator kind of, like... Growls a lot. Like a, a, yeah, he's, he's like a big deal for, like, one minute, and then he gets, like, knocked on his ass, and th- that's the end of that. Kind of like, like the toy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has no, like, he's too top-heavy. He just kind of falls over. I can't but, breathe! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Starscream and those guys, like, they all retreat. Megatron, you know, has a hissy fit as usual, and Starscream's like, "Okay, I know, I suck." Like, he's good. Like, I think Tony, you were mentioning that Starscream's really passive in this. It seems like. like yeah, he's not very egotistical. He's just like, "You're right, I failed. I never do anything right," and kicks a can and walks away. <laughs> yeah, but I guess lateral thinking is not like Megatron's forte because he decides to do the exact same plan again, but this time he's going to send the Stunticons to attack. So they, 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 he sends the Stunticons, and Optimus leads his group out again, and this time he calls the aerial bots out to assist them. And uh, the Stunticons are outnumbered by the aerial bots and auto, Optimus Primes, like, team, so... And the narrator's uh, back again telling us how awesome the Stunticons and aerial bots exa- are. Yeah, the, the narrator is also elaborating on the various, like, Stunticons and aerial bots and their their abilities and whatnot. And seeing as he has, like, the Stunticons, like, outnumbered two to one, Optimus Prime decides to go for overkill and tells the aerial bots to merge into Superion. And uh, in a sort of... In probably the most effective, I guess, like, toy-selling moment of the whole, like, thing, like, the aerial bots combine into Superion, and, like, the narrator describes, like, it, like, you know, and, like, it's a kind of pretty... Uh, Nicely animated and drawn-out sequence. And uh, Superion runs over and, like, kicks the Stunticons over. <laughs> and the Stunticons are like, oh, well, we're not going to take that. And they merge into Menasaur in not quite as well-animated a sequence. And, uh, yeah, like his so, legs are white and his arms are white. Yeah, they just... Yeah, it's It's like... They they show the legs transform and then like it's like it, it lazily like pans up to show like Motormaster and then like his head like the Menasaur's head just sort of like appears atop like <laughs> Motormaster's head. It, I don't know. It's really like poorly animated. So Menasaur and Superion like go at it and Superion demonstrates what like this whole like toy line is about and demonstrates scramble power which um, is kind of a nebulous thing where he rearranges all his limbs and somehow this gives him... I don't... Like, they, it's it's a very, like, poorly, like, explained gimmick. Like, is, like is, I, I've never understood it, to be perfectly honest. Like, other than, like, if you had toys, it's cool to, like, swap out the legs and arms because they can be either, but... yeah. But, like, in, in the middle of combat, like, all it does is it, it opens Superion up for what Menasaur does next, which is 
Um, while, while Superion is in the midst of doing his like scramble thing, uh, Fireflight, the daydreaming, like absent-minded Aerobot, actually gets kind of confused. Uh, and, uh, I might prefer you call him by his real name, Fireboil. Fire, as our crappy <laughs> sub fan sub says, yeah, Fireboil, yeah, gets confused. I'm, I'm just, tries... I, sorry, I'm just gonna have to interrupt you guys. I just want to point out. Slingshot did not fuck up the aerial bot. <laughs> it was fucking Firebolt, Fireflight, whatever the fuck his name is, fucker. So, he's the worst. Slingshot's Slingshot awesome. did not screw Woo! up this time. Nope. Fireflight, like, totally fucks up, and he, he, he goes for the wrong leg, and uh, Superion kind of, like, falls up. Well, he, Superion is minus one leg, so uh, Menasaur shoots off his arm, which combines with Superion and, like, kind of, like, gives him, like, sort of a, like, I don't know what to call it, like a, like, a, almost like a, not a fan, um, I want to say phantom limb, but that's probably the wrong term, but, it, like, gives him, like, a poison limb or something. That, yeah, like, it screws with him somehow. Yeah, it screws with Superion, which... Kind of, like, it, it seems like they were struggling to come up with a, a way that, like, this scramble gimmick could be used effectively, and, like, it seems like the only way it could be used effectively is if, like, someone does the, like, remarkably stupid thing of actually using the gimmick, <laughs> which is, in, you know, then the enemy can take advantage of it, so... But anyway, yeah, the, I think it's dead end, but, like, I don't know exactly because the the colors are all off on all the limbs, like, at any given time. Like Yeah, and, like, the uh, Senecons don't talk in this. <laughs> yeah. That's, I was going to mention, too, like, I, it was kind of, like, I thought it was actually a nice moment that, like, Fireflight, like, actually showed some, like, characterization because he is supposed to be, like, the, the absent-minded and, like, confused aerial bot, so he's the one to screw up. And, like, in Headmasters, it seems like all the, like, Gestalt teams are pretty much interchangeable. And, like, aside from maybe the leaders, none of the, none of the guys get, like, a lot of lines or any lines at all. Like, especially in Headmasters, they just kind of show up to combine and none of them get any characterization. So yeah, they're like, like drones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so at least someone got, like, someone had a, like, you know, did some research there. But in whatever case, you know... Optimus, like, kind of notes at this point that, like, oh, like, the enemy has the same scramble power that we do, like, even though, like, he should have noticed this, like, millions of years ago or whatever, <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever Menasaur and Superion were first showed up. They whatever. transformed just it's, like Superion, who would have yeah, thought? Yeah, it's, it's a toy commercial, yeah, so, you know, whatever. With Dead End attached to Superion, like, he, he can't really fight effectively, so Optimus and Fireflight go and uh, try to help him, and Optimus manages to blast a Stunticon limb off Superion, and Fireflight recombines. They go at it again, but um, Megatron sends in the Combaticons, so the Combaticons show up and combine into Bruticus, and then they start pretty much, like, gangbanging, like, Superion, like, double-teaming him, like, totally, like, taking his wallet. And, uh... (laughs) So, and like all like while this is happening, pretty much like Optimus keeps like repeatedly radioing like Ultra Magnus and being like, "Isn't Scramble City ready yet?" Like, <laughs> like he's really like pissed. Like the Japanese like voice actor really like sell like he really sounds like really freaking annoyed with Ultra Magnus. <laughs> he's like, 
I've taken away your city commander's status. Only the facts. <laughs> Just the facts, Ultra Magnus. So, uh, eventually, it it is ready, and uh, Ultra Magnus sends the Protectobots out. I, who knows why they were waiting at this point, but I guess they were just working on Scramble City, or, or as we will come to find out, Metroplex. Back at the battlefield, yeah, Superion's still getting wailed on, and Defensor shows up, but he just kind of stands there with his arm held out, like, Stop! Yeah. So, like, Metroplex rolls onto the scene, and uh, he shoots, like, a single blast from his gun that, like, totally, like, like nails Bruticus and Menasaur and, like, sends them crying home to their mamas. And, uh... Yeah, it's like some weird laser loogie. It goes all, like, woo! Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I bet, as per uh, Metroplex's, like, universe profile, I bet it's a packet of antimatter. I don't ah. know. That's what I immediately... I, I remember in his universe profile, it says, like, his guns shoot packets of antimatter or something. So I was like, oh, that kind of fits. Yeah, so, cool. but, so, yeah, uh, Metroplex drives uh, Menasaur and uh, Bruticus off, but Megatron has one more trick up his sleeve, and uh, everyone's attention is drawn to the water where, up from the depths, 30 stories high... Um, comes Trypticon. Uh, Tripzuki! 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 And, and, and Megatron gets his greatest... Tripzuki! Uh, he gets his greatest victory over Optimus Prime because he finally boggles Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> bad. <laughs> the, the bad fan subs are like, are you boggled, convoy? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I was like, he boggled you! Ooh! <laughs> Bargle! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so so Trypticon shows up, and um, of course, uh, you know, Optimus Prime has to, like, spell it out for, like, the stupid kids. Like, you know, that is the Destron's, like, new super robot, Trypticon, you know? Well, you and, know, uh, Flash Thompson, he was watching, so... <laughs> who's that? <laughs> That's big. But in, in whatever case, uh, yeah, so Trypticon and Metroplex kind of stare at each other, and the narrator says, you know, the biggest battle yet is about to begin. And it never happens, because that's the end of the episode. Yeah. And, the biggest uh, battle is about to begin, just not right now. Exactly. And yeah, I was, it, I, was, I was sad. Yeah. I mean, and it never continues. I mean, I guess you could say, like, Five Faces of Darkness, like, is the continuation, but that's it doesn't really even fit in continuity because they build Trypticon in Five Faces of Darkness. Yeah, so and, 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 and you kind of get the idea that in Five Faces of Darkness, that's the first time they've ever fought, sort of, too, right? Yeah, yep. So, it, I mean, it doesn't exactly fit, but I guess I, I'm going to be, like, you know, fair to, like, the... the the Japanese, like, staff members and of, like, Takara or whatever and say they probably didn't, like, have access to that material at this point. Yeah. Or, because, like, we'll talk about it later, but, like, they they also did, like, a sort of stop-motion thing with the toys for Scramble City and they they introduce Galvatron in it and, like, it's, it's, they treat him as if he's a separate character from Megatron, so clearly, you know, they didn't know what exactly what Hasbro's plans were at this point, but that that's the summary. It's, I mean, it's not exactly a, a deep, you know, 15 minutes of plot or whatever. Yeah, that's okay. But, I, 
I, I have a couple things just to bring up that I that I noticed, and some of it was stuff I noticed as you were discussing the summary, and some of it is stuff that has been in the back of my brain, like since we just sort of reviewed, you know, this episode. But one thing is, Devastator does not have scramble power. Devastator falls on his ass, so maybe that's <laughs> part of the power of scramble power, like that you don't like fall apart like a goofy Devastator toy, and you can like keep your balance or something. Like maybe that's part I'm of scramble. Have this technology. It's called feet. It's called it's called <laughs> balance. You know, it's called my freaking scavenger won't fall off when I sneeze on him or whatever, like that that kind of thing. Tony, do you have what? Do, what are your immediate thoughts like, uh, or or what? What any other like comments about Scramble City, like in general? Well, um, it, it is fun for what it is. I mean, it, yeah, it's not very deep or anything. Like that one thing, you know, I'm going to be that guy, you know, like, like wow, you know, <laughs> the science of it, you know, this does not really fit in continuity either way because Transformers was airing in Japan, you know, they they had they had done season one and two. And in season two, the Stunicons, Aerial Bots, Combaticons, and Protectobots are all introduced. <laughs> and in this, they make it seem like they're new because they're like, you know, we're making somebody to fight Devastator. This is new, like you know, technology. It's like these guys already exist. They 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 were they were they were in season two, <laughs> you know. And it's like, okay, I can forgive that. And other than that, like, I can't blame the dub. I mean, the the sub. Because I know they were probably doing literal translations, but it was a pretty horrible, like, sub. It's just... Uh, just some of the stuff they say. I, I was making fun of this earlier. And this is not even part of the sub. It was just some of the voice acting was off, too. Like, Soundwave, when he ejects his cassettes, he's like, you know... He does all the Japanese names. He's like... <laughs> he's just like... Really? Uh, Straining. It sounds like he's kind of constipated or something, and I'm just like, poor guy. The the other thing I was thinking of in terms of scramble power was, I'm kind of surprised, because you you could stick the scramble guys into Metroplex, couldn't you? Like, you could stick them, like, on the side of his shoulders and, like, on, like, some of the leg joints and stuff like that. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't, like, you know, as much as scrambling makes no sense to me, like, and never has, like, I'm kind of surprised there wasn't a scene where it was like, you know, oh, I mean, I guess, you know, they never did the to be continued. So maybe that was part of the plan was, you know, in the second half of this thing that was never finished, they would actually, you know, scramble into Metroplex and then make them tougher or something like that. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised that that never came up like that part of the whole scramble angle, you know? It really does a dubious job of selling, like, this gimmick. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I guess they figured, you know, the kids are just going to want combining robots, you know, no matter what. Yeah, I could see being a kid and being like, oh, these are these are cool toys. I mean, especially the cities. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I think Metroplex certainly looks very impressive. I'm, I was, like, surprised. Like, they show him transforming to battle station mode, but they completely cut out, like, his, ro- like, transformation to robot mode, which I thought would have been the selling point. But they just, yeah, like, just I, kind of there, sort yeah. of show him rolling up, and then he, like, they cut away, and then when he cut back, he's in robot mode. But I, I, I feel like we have to talk about the actual stop motion toy special because you brought that up. I mean, I know you, you alluded to it earlier, but when, when they do that special, 
it's like they also have that addendum with the the scramble city where everything's on this it, it, to me it looks like a moon in outer space but i guess it's supposed to be earth you know it's just supposed to be a remake of what we just saw animated which is kind of funny because every once in a while they'll intersperse clips from the sunbow cartoon to further the quote unquote plot along but for the most part it's all these new toys in stop motion. You know, Blaster is just lying there, you know, waiting for Soundwave to show up, and then they can introduce all the cassette robot toys. And then it's like uh, the Scramble guys show up, you know, where it's like, or Devastator assembles and, you know, different things like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Metroplex shows up and they show you, like, his leg ramps, you know, in stop motion, you know, opening up and, transforming into different battle modes and everything, and they sort of show you the scramble stuff where, you know, Menasaur or Superion's arms will do a 360 rotation from one side to the other, you know? And then at the very end, it's like the the model that they're using for the backdrop, it, like, cracks open, and out of the crack comes, you know, Tripzuki or whatever, and he's, you know, he's mewling and you know, his hands are going back and forth with the mechanical transformation toys and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that's kind of cool, actually. Like, I enjoy watching that just to look at the toys and how they actually sort of animate them and everything like that. And and I would think that would get any kid kind of interested in having the toys. But then seeing, like, the then after that's all done, they give you the price tags of all the toys. And, like, I I don't know about you guys, but, like, I was trying to remember, like, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not an expert at, you know, yen to dollar conversion, but I I can do a rough estimate in my head pretty quickly. And I'm sitting there kind of going, why the fuck is Ultra Magnus, like, 40 bucks? Like, I remember him being 25 bucks, like, in the U.S. And I remember Galvatron being 25 bucks, too, because I don't know if you remember my long-winded story from, like, previous podcasts, but the Galvatron that I had received for my birthday, like, the dog chewed up the fusion cannon, and then I also got another Galvatron at the same time, so we returned the one with the chewed-up fusion cannon, and I got it exchanged for Ultra Magnus. And it was an equal... The reason why that could be done is because it was an equivalent price point. And, like, I'm sitting there going, well, wait a minute, Ultra Magnus is, like, 3,900 yen, which is, like, 39 bucks-ish. You know, maybe, like, 35, 38, whatever, right? And I'm like... But then Galvatron was, like, 5900 or something like really high. He was like almost as much as Metroplex. And I'm kind of like, is that cuz Galvatron's electronic? Like, and I'm like, well, he wasn't that much. Like, I remember paying more for Metroplex than Galvatron in the United States. So like, I I don't know. I know that's kind of funny to talk about, but I mean, you're talking about like, you know, the toys and whether kids were interested in them, and I'm sure the price point would just go over their heads, but looking back on it now as an adult, I'm just kind of like, how come some of those toys were, like, how come Convoy was so fucking expensive? Because he was, like, old? Or, like, I, I don't know. Like, well, that, that's the that's the odd thing about, like, back then. I'm sure, like, a lot of collectors know this now. But, like, now everything has price point size classes. You know, you have, like, this is a leader. This is how much leaders cost. This is a Titan. This is how much Titans cost. This is a Deluxe. You know, you have all these set price points. Back in the day, 
it was a little bit more willy-nilly because you had toys of different sizes that really didn't fit in the size class. Like, you would have, uh, let's say, the Deluxe Autobots. They were not the same size as anything. They were a totally different size. Then you'd have, like, Skylinks, who is, again, huge, but not the same size as Omega Supreme. And, yeah, the pricing was a lot more... Let's just slap a number on this and figure out where it goes, you know? I, I don't know, though, because it seems like Ultra Magnus and Galvatron were the same, quote-unquote, size, class, and price point, at least in the United States. But when you looked at the Japanese prices, they seemed to be, you know, I mean, they were very different. So Maybe maybe it's like you said, maybe it's because of the electronics. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that that was the only thing I could think of as to why Galvatron would be more expensive, but I just I was kind of surprised is all. Yeah, one one thing I've never been privy to, maybe Michael know this. Like, how did this air in Japan? Was it an episode or was it like a dis- just a home video? I think. Uh, no, they, they, they no I know you said you said that this came out before Transformers the movie, but is that Transformers the movie? Did did this come out on home video in Japan before? The U.S. got transformed yes. into movie. Yeah, okay. it came out in April 1986. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I just asked because I know was... like Japan didn't get the movie until like a gazillion years after us. So yeah, like the movie came out at, in the U.S. at least in, in August of '86. Yeah, so. no, I remember it was a summer movie. So yeah, what you're saying makes sense. I just because I, I think like in Japan they don't they didn't get Transformers the movie until like 1990 or something like that. And they and they like their season three was like a totally different show called Transformers two thousand five. So, Jan, what do you have any general thoughts about it? Well, yeah, I'll just go on, kind of mix everything up that we've been talking about. Uh, like, yeah, I enjoy Scramble City a bit. Um, n- nice to see the new characters that are introduced early on. You know, we got the rebirth, and then they're like, okay, screw that, we're just going to retcon it all and start with Headmasters. And so they got that, and then Master Force, and then Victory, and finally, here's the movie. Yeah, and then after, yeah, that, they got, after that, they got Zone. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that's why you see, you know, Prowl and Ironhide, and uh, you see Wheeljack and Victory and all that stuff. It's because the writers had no idea who died in the, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of contention about that. They're like, well, you know, Wheeljack's in Headmaster's like, yeah, well, he technically hadn't died yet. <laughs> And you they know, didn't know. Like, I still wish that we'd gotten more storyline of what happened uh, between, you know, 1985 and 2005 in regards to the cartoon. You know, what happened to Chip? Did he, uh, does he work at Autobot City? Is he walking around in an exosuit? That kind of thing. Uh, I remember seeing a draft for the Five Faces of Darkness, and Sparkplug was supposed to accompany Blaster in his scene early on. Uh, when they go to Carbomia. <laughs> but uh, eventually they changed that out and replaced Sparkplug with Outback. And uh, oh, no, Sparkplug sense. doesn't have a toy on the show. So. Yeah, exactly. So makes you wonder what happened to him. Uh, in regards to the continuity notes for Scramble City, yeah, it's kind of weird because Trypticon just shows up there, but he's built in Five Faces of Darkness, which brings me back to FFOD because... Um, Perceptor remarks on how Metroplex was present during the movie, but because the Decepticons managed to 
destroy his transformation cog very early, they never got to use him. So he was around, you just never saw him. Okay, so in, in the movie in Japan, is Autobot City still Metroplex? It's just Autobot City, yeah. Like, I remember the first draft of the film that I read, and originally Autobot City was going to be called Fortress Maximus. But obviously they changed that and just called it. Yeah, I, I remember it was called Fortress Maximus in the Marvel comic adaptation, too, at some point. Yeah. It, it's just kind of weird, though, because when you watch the movie, you know, if you're a diehard fan like me and Mike, I know you know this, Mike, at one point when they transformed the city into battle mode, uh, Autobot City, you you plainly see Slammer transform the uh, the tank yeah, can, the tank cannon yeah. yeah so yeah a little bit I, of I, I always just figured Autobot City and Metroplex were two separate things but that Metroplex was like lounging around Autobot City and also got his cog destroyed in the attack like but I don't know maybe I'm trying to read too much into it yeah I, I suppose you could retcon it that like. Trypticon and Metroplex had this big epic fight, like, in between Season 2 and the movie, and Trypticon got, like, totally wasted, and then the Constructicons, like, rebuilt him in Five Faces of Darkness. You know, you go with the obvious visual cue, too, because, I mean, not to be the guy who's, like, you know, Captain Obvious, but Autobot City in the movie is, like, kind of goldish, like, yellow color, too, so... It's, 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 I think we can all agree, it's, it's pretty murky at best, <laughs> It's yeah, they boggling. just kind of, you know. It's have boggling. we been boggled? Have we been boggled? Yes. Well, well, I mean, we if I remember been. correctly, like the the teasers for Transformers the movie, like you know, one of the the trailer spots, they they really were uh, driving home like two years in the making, you know, like yeah, they, which all these guys weren't created by two years previous, so. Yeah, that's why you don't get, like, you know, a lot of the Season 2 guys and stuff. They didn't develop the characters for them yet. Like, you know, guys like Blaster and stuff, as, again, as all fans know, all these toys existed before Transformers was a thing. They're all, you know, <clears throat> redecos or renames, and, like, you know, they're they're all from Microchange, Microman, Diaclone, and all that stuff. So they had the toys, but they hadn't established all the characters yet. So that's why you might be able to squeeze Blaster and Perceptor in there, but you don't have, you know, like, the... Like, you know, you don't have tracks, you don't have, you know, the mini cars and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's just, it's not a clusterfuck. I mean, the movie came off well. I mean, you're you're not, like, you know, confused by it, but at the same time, you are left wondering why these characters weren't there. And in Scramble City, it's really funny because you see a lot of Season 2 characters like Tracks and Warpath and all these guys. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they've never... You know, I I know with, like, fandoms like Star Wars and Star Trek and things like that, there's all these novels, you know, the lost years of of Star Trek. This is what happened in between the five-year mission and the motion picture, and there's novels of it, and DC Comics wrote stuff about, you know, what happened in between those two periods, and everybody's got, like, you know, maybe at least three to five different takes on what happened in between the original series and Star Trek The Motion Picture. Like, I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been very much... I mean, I guess you could point to, like, maybe, like, some stuff in the UK comics, but there, uh, there's never really been, like, a... This is what happened in between, you know, cartoon season two and and the movie, or cartoon season two and, you know, season three. Well, I, I always I always think that's why there was a big disconnect with season three and two, and I think that's why a lot of like kids were honestly just kind of confused. 
it wasn't because we had new characters. We got new characters in season two. That was like not like some kind of mind blowing thing. It was the fact that we jumped ahead twenty years, and we're like more or less in a different setting. You know, it's like it's the future and stuff. And like, I think a lot of kids kind of maybe fell out of that. You know, like me and Derek, especially Derek's love of space. You know, that was cool for us. We're like, oh, the future. The future is awesome. But I think some kids might have been left out kind of high and dry because there really wasn't no bridge in America. It was season one, season two, the movie, and we're 20 years later. Well, I, I mean, the movie is the bridge, but I mean, but but I, I see what you're saying. There, there's no bridge between season two and the movie per se for anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, when you hear stuff like, uh, you know, Ultra Magnus, my old friend, and you're like, how, how the fuck is he your old friend? He just came on screen. <laughs> no. Where's my goddamn Scramble City, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's, that is, that's one thing that Scramble City did do. At least had, like, like you, you give you give the guy who can't build Scramble City on time the Matrix? What the fuck, Prime? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I, I really do like the fact that uh, the uh, stop-motion one, I see what you're saying, Derek. Like, except for the price thing, seeing the toys actually do stuff, even if it's stop motion, I, I, I can see why that would like appeal to kids more than maybe the animated version. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like a fun thing, you know. Like it, it reminded me a lot of of our buddy Steel Jaws, like primetime stuff, and also just I I think that kind of stuff is fun. Like I mean, I I enjoyed it. Like I'm. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody ever subtitled it at all, but like I, you know, I rewatched the raw version before we started this, and I, I, I just think it's kind of fun to to look at and stuff, even from like a historical perspective. Going, oh, I, I remember those toys, you know. Still doesn't exactly like do a good job of explaining why scramble power is so awesome, yeah. or whatever. No, <laughs> well, no. you know. It, Except for the fact that Devastator falls over, right? Like, then, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with that from now on. That's going to be my explanation, that if you have scramble power, you don't fall over. But <laughs> unless, we, unless, of course, a Stunticon gets up in your shiznit and makes you fall over, you know? Do, do you think this is actually kind of interesting? Because uh, in later series, like Armada, uh, Energon... And whatnot, we got introduced to gimmick lines. You know, like with Armada, it was the Minicons. With Energon, it was uh, Triple Changers and the Autobots could combine and stuff. This this is kind of like the prototype of that. It was like, hey, here's this line of toys for this year, and the whole thing is Scramble Power, Scramble City, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, Headmasters, Breastmasters, Target Masters, like Sparkbots. Like all, all, it seemed like after... After this point, like, everything had to have some kind of, you know, pretenders. They all had to have some kind of catchy extra theme besides just just them transforming, you know. It is, it is really surprising they actually didn't do that in America. They didn't actually hype that up more. Like, yeah, I was going to yeah. like I said earlier, it's kind of weird how, like, even, even in the U.K., they had sort of, like, you know, some comic tie-in stories, and they, you know, they were all about the special teams and whatnot, and they were huge. But in the U.S., it was just kind of, like I said, like they just had a shotgun and, like, shot all these new toys at us, and they were like, you know, some well, of these maybe, do this. Maybe it's like what you were saying, though. I mean, do, do, we still don't really honestly get what Scramble Power is or does, so maybe it was just one of those things where not only did it not translate, it's just it wasn't something that they felt like 
that Hasbro felt like they could sell. You know, it's like, how do you sell scram? It's like, what? You scramble them. Okay. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, Brian, who couldn't be with us here tonight, was saying, hey, you know, uh, sorry, I can't watch scrambled eggs with you guys. You know, it's like, what? I think we still don't really know what it means. So it must have been hard for the, the Hasbro execs, the Larrys, to be like, how do you pitch scramble like like how do you sell that to to the kids how do you put it in a commercial where it's like, it it's makes like we sense get, well also like hasbro and sunbow at the time it, it's hard to uh imagine this because it, it's not done very much nowadays and it's one of the things i actually liked about the old, old sunbow cartoon is like in season one we would have Jetfire and shockwave and the constructicons and the insecticons and they weren't in the first wave of toys they were just in the first season and then, like, oh, Wave 2 comes out. Oh, my God, here's all these toys I didn't think were going to be made. I thought they were just throwaway characters in this season. And then in Season 2, we get all the combiners. And you're like, you know, oh, cool, these guys would be fun to have. And then they get released in the third wave. So I think they didn't have enough time to maybe develop it. I think they were like, – like, I think what Mike said is very true. They were shotgunning stuff, and they were just like, you know, put the characters in the cartoon. Tease the fuck out of them. So when the wave comes out, you know, you're like, oh, I want a fucking Insecticon. Ooh, I want fucking Bruticus, you know. I think I think the strongest selling point to me for scrambling would be, as a kid, if I felt comfortable actually scrambling good guys with one another. And by that I mean if I bought parts of Defensor, that if I had Silverbolt, I'd be okay with sticking, like, an ambulance arm on Silverbolt, on Superion, you know, because, but I don't think I've ever, I, I, I'm, I can only speak to myself, but I don't think I ever really felt comfortable doing that. Like, if I, if, if I had a Stunticon, I wasn't going to stick him on the bottom of Onslaught and be a leg, even if I didn't have all four other Combaticons. But I would think that might be a way you could try and sell it. Be like, scramble! You might not be able to get your parents to, you know, you might not be able to con your parents into buying every combiner, but if you get a couple of them, you can actually still <coughs> assemble a big robot. He might just look kind of goofy is all, you know? He might not be all yeah, I was even I was even more anal than that. Like, I remember when I had Defensor, he was the first combiner I had complete. And, like, he was to the instructions. Blade was an arm, first aid was an arm, groove was a leg, streetwise was a leg, and that never changed. I never really bothered to like, you know, ooh, I want to make groove an arm, or I'm going to make blades a leg. You know, it just didn't look. Yeah, right, I don't think. I don't, yeah, I don't think I ever even did that <clears throat> intuitively. Like, I didn't. I didn't try to switch things up like, just for fun because I was kind of locked into, I guess, these toys that were quote-unquote shotgunned at us, you know, like, I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I saw the Ariel Bots episode, I saw the, the Combaticon episode, like, that. that's who they were, you know, so. Yeah, this is how, they, this is how these guys look. This is how they, they're supposed to look, <laughs> you know. Don't fuck with it, it won't be, won't be Minasaur anymore, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I guess, you know, I guess that's pretty much it. Does anyone have any, like, final thoughts on Scramble City? Not really. Um, I, I would... I would say if you're a Transformers fan, especially if you're like an old school fan, it's definitely something you should watch because it's part of the history. I mean, it did exist. It, it, it's out there. It's, it's not something that never happened. And it's always kind of cool to find stuff like that, you know, like 
like you and Derek were saying, you know, it was like, oh, it's this mythical thing we've never seen. And even though it didn't come up, you know, to our expectations, I still don't regret watching it. I'm like, that's cool. I saw that, you know, like Ultra Magnus was on Earth, like, you know, apparently in 1986, I guess. I don't know. It is, yeah, it, it is cool to see, like, Optimus Prime and Ultra Magnus, like, interact before the movie, basically. Derek, do you have anything else? No, no, that's fine. I mean, I was just going to make a joke about, like, hey, Magnus, where's my scrambled city? That's, where's that's my the kind scrambled of eggs? He's like, I want that stuff now. I want the facts. Sideswipe. Give me your rocket pack. My rocket pack? Now! That's it about Scramble City. Um, Before I close the episode out, though, uh, I think we got some nice... Uh, viewer mail about one of our previous episodes where we talked about a Blackthorn's 3D Transformers comics. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Derek, because uh, he's better at this than I am. Uh, what what exactly did we get? Well, over on the Bot Talk forums that we are all apt to frequent, a buddy of ours, Cruiser Dave, on the Bot Talk forums actually left us some comments after we posted the episode of Transformers Tuesdays where we all talked about the Blackthorn 3D Transformers comics. So we just thought it'd be kind of fun to read his feedback uh, so that, you know, it was on a Transformers Tuesdays show and that other people could share in the feedback as well. So he starts out just by saying, Fun! I think it's funny that everyone on the internet always bemoans the car wash of doom as one of the worst things ever. Honestly, I like it better than these Blackthorn books. I remember hating Car Wash of Doom as a kid, but rereading it, it wasn't as terrible as many of the Marvel books of that era. It was a fairly logical plot. The Decepticons would use car washes to siphon gas and used hypnosis to compel people to return time and time again. It's certainly not as irksome as the issue where Bumblebee's brain is put into an RC car and chased through a mall, and that was around the same time frame. Anyway, it's good to know that I'm not crazy in remembering the Blackthorn books even existed. Most people don't even know that they were ever printed. Thanks for the fun look back. Well, thanks for the feedback, Cruiser Dave. We always appreciate getting feedback on all the stuff we do, and we're glad that you enjoyed taking a trip down memory lane with us for the Blackthorn 3D comics. So thanks, Cruiser Dave. Yeah, and also, Cruiser, you're you're not alone. I think me and Mike have stated before that even if it's just a guilty pleasure, Car Wash of Doom is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think it's a pretty cool. I think it's a very fun issue, actually. And I like Rat Bat, so like I think he's he's pretty funny in that issue. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. So you know that's Transformers Tuesdays this week. Uh, you know, are are uh, Derek? I'll throw it to you again. Like, what's our usual? Like, where where are we? What are we doing? We are on. Who are we? Our blogspot. It's fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any questions, concerns, if you want to tell us what you thought of Scramble City, you can email us at fanholespodcast.gmail.com. We are on Facebook. We always appreciate all the likes and everything that everybody gives us when we post new episodes there. We are on Twitter. We're on Stitcher Radio if you want to stream us and all that kind of stuff. We are also on other kinds of social media we're on like tumblr i just made us an instagram if you want to look at some funny pictures we let's see i think that's it like so so basically we're on all those social media sites so you can reach us any number of ways so check us out on those sites awesome thank you Tarek. 
Yeah, so that's it. That's Transformers Tuesdays. That's Fan Holes. Uh, I'm Mike. Hey, what's up? This is Derek. I have woken up. <laughs> and I'm Jan. And this is Tony. Steeljaw, you can fly! <laughs> yeah, I guess those little hip guns are good for something, yeah. <laughs> Scramble power, you know. Whatever the fuck that means. Whatever the yeah, fuck what? that means, yeah. Got time! <laughs> Uh, quote cinema sen- cinema sends Metroplex is a dick to trees. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I guess you, if you're that big, I mean, there's going to be some kind of collateral damage when you do you know, anything. In, in the sequel, it'll be like Botanica's Revenge, where she's like, "Damn you, Metroplex!" Botanica's out for revenge for that time Metroplex crushed some trees. I hate um, you, Metroplex. Hey, yeah.